You know, I was waiting for you to, like, sing a Christmas song. I was playing bells. Yeah, you were flipping me off with, like, your hands. As <laughs> opposed to what else? You have to admit, it was a pretty impressive flurry of blows. I guess. I mean, I'm I'm a bit annoyed right now. Just with him in general? Yeah. Why? It's a bad start, but I'll accept it. How's everybody Well, doing? you wanted a song? Is that why you're annoyed? <laughs> I was expecting it. You Before we started recording, you're just singing away over here in your own world. I said Merry Christmas. Okay. Well, that's great. Nolan, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. You know, it's... it. Things are going. You know? Mm -hmm. But it's Christmas time, so we're going to bring the cheer today. What's wrong with you? I've never heard anybody say that we're going to bring cheer and sound so melancholy. <laughs> <laughs> You're being a cringe. You know, okay, I'll just be honest with everybody right now. Uh, I'm having I'm having a bad uh, week as far as my health goes. I'm in some pain, but I'm, I'm pulling through. We're going to get some surgery done here in a few weeks, so I'm going to be better. So, you know. I'm good. Same old, same old. Okay, well. Melanie? I'm well, thank you, Nolan. It's great to record with you guys today. <laughs> you sound very sincere. It's going to be fun, okay? First and foremost, what's everybody drinking today? A Sun King Brewery Electric Reindeer. It's a brown ale with ginger and molasses. Brewed and canned in Indianapolis. Okay. Fuck them Colts. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> strong. Listen, some rough, rough times in the early 2000s. How's the beer? Is it good? It is a good beer. I've had that one. I liked it. We are both having uh, the same drink today. What yeah. did you prepare for us? I didn't actually take down the name anywhere, but I feel like it was like the Mary Berry Buck, something like nice. that. One part Maker's Mark bourbon, and then you do a splash of lemon juice, two parts cranberry, and then a splash of ginger beer. It's pretty good. It is. It's a tasty treat. I don't really like cranberry. It doesn't really taste like cranberry. Hmm. No. Yeah, I, I don't... It, it tastes... It, yeah. It, you can taste the lemon and you can taste the ginger. Yeah. The, gram, the cranberry does not shine through, which yeah, is not an issue. I but mean, it's weird because it, it's the biggest ingredient. But it, it's good. It's very good. Mm, tasty. Mm -hmm. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about the Christmas film, Lethal Weapon. Mm -hmm. Christmas classic. Christmas classic, Lethal Weapon. Should be a good time. Before we get started, what's everybody been up to? In... Preparation in very short. I played the Lethal Weapon video games. They're they're not good. Um, I played. No, the, there, there's not one on Sega oh, okay. Genesis. I was gonna it's ask a, what system it's was Nintendo it? and Super Nintendo. They came out I think '92, so it was like around Lethal Weapon three time. But so like Lethal Weapon on the NES, it's it's kind of like a Final Fight type thing, like a. A 2.5D like brawler, like you have movement up and down and you know forward and such. And you start off in the jungle and you're in fighting yeah, you're fighting army guys, and you have guns and you can do karate, but <laughs> the karate is more powerful than guns. It takes one kick from Riggs to kill an <laughs> army guy. But two bullets to kill him. Yeah. Well, he's a lethal weapon in and of himself, so that's, that makes sense. I, that true. actually makes a lot of sense. It doesn't. Another thing that's weird is in the NES game, you don't pick your guy. It's your rigs, and if you die, then you're Murtog. So hmm. it's like he's kind of getting like second villain. And I only got like to stage two or like the second area. It's weird. It it transfers to like you're in the jungle, and then you're immediately in a desert with pyramids. Okay, so I have played a little bit of this game, and I don't remember any of that. Well, and there's Lethal Weapon on the Super Nintendo, which is very clearly Lethal Weapon 3. Like, it has the digitized graphics, and you can, like, choose your characters, like, in the locker room. But, you know, if you die, you get the other character, and you choose your missions. And you have to do, like, six missions before you get to the final mission. So you pick your case file. And I did two of the missions... Uh, neither to completion because it's a terrible, terrible game. But uh, like the first mission, you're on a shipyard where guys with spears attack you while you're platforming and you have to like jump up on heavy machinery and there are sharks in the water that'll eat you. The developer, at least of the Super Nintendo game, is Ocean. 
which uh, notoriously did a bunch of very bad uh, movie to video game adaptations. Now, I do like their Jurassic Park game, but outside of that, they're pretty garbage. And then level two, you're in the sewers getting rid of bombs, and you you have to dodge spike traps and alligators. You know, lethal weapon. What about you guys? I almost said a joke. What? <laughs> During, this is, I don't know. When you were talking about that game, you said created by the ocean. Any King of the Hill fans out there? I almost <laughs> said the ocean. What ocean? Then I chose not you to. You say that a lot I do. somehow. I love that joke. I don't know. I try to grow sometimes and it just, but then it doesn't work. So I'm like, I should just. Like as a person? Yeah. I should have just did it. But anyway, it's beyond, beyond the point now. Okay. So I've been on a uh, Barbra Streisand, a journey here uh, over the last few days. I'm going through her uh, directorial outings for her Hollywood films. So I started with uh, Yentl. Which is a good-looking film. Yeah, you know what? Actually, I, I will say first and foremost that I, I was actually I'm actually impressed with her as a director. I, I think she has a lot of talent. The second film I watched, Prince of Tides, and while I can't say that I. I wasn't a big fan of either film, but it, it's not because of her direction, like, if that makes sense. Uh, I think, if anything, that's a saving grace of yeah, those films. Yeah, they, they they look really good, and, and I think she she knows where to put the camera. She knows she knows how to shoot film. So uh, I, think, I think she did great. Uh, but with Yentl in particular, my biggest issue with, with that movie is mostly that it that it's a musical i don't feel the songs are not very good or memorable and and they really feel i think we talked about earlier like kind of jarring and it just it takes you out of the movie a little bit uh at least for me and so uh it just didn't fit like it i felt like it's a musical that didn't need to be a musical but uh, i'm glad I, I i watched it uh and uh i i enjoyed it and then with prince of tides uh i would say i, I enjoyed that one a little less than Yentl, but uh, you know uh, the uh, the great Nick Nolte uh, is in that film. I think that was his first, like maybe only I don't know his big Oscar push movie. I can't really say why I've chosen this path, but that's that's the path I've chosen this week. So that's uh, that's where I've been. So got me got me little Babs going in my life. Your so, weird spot in your life. Are you oh. playing any games? Skyrim. I brought back Skyrim. You brought it back. Yep. I had a a nice moment the other day where I was uh, just just journeying through the mountains like you tend to do in that game, and just two dragons came out of nowhere, and it was quite a quite quite a fight. There you were also them both, like, or they fought each other. I mean, I fought them, and the help of like some townsfolk, townsfolk, and there actually were like in that whole. It was like a whole whole uh skirmish there were like two bears involved what and what? yeah they yeah like right in the middle of it all and then two orc warriors as well are they fighting you or the dragon they were all fighting each other like they were friends of the orcs i think they were, were they... their pets okay so were the bears fighting one another mm -mm. well and dragons they were yeah but the dragons like were shooting fire at the bears and the bears were more focused on the humans than they were the dragons but they were on fire? Yeah. It was like a real just conundrum. Is that That's like a situation you just turn around and walk away from, right? No, because I knew I would win because everybody was fighting each other. So I knew everybody was going to die. And then I could just get the loot from everything oh, that was yeah, happening. That's a good strategy. Yeah. So like, I didn't die. Well, the dragons died? Yeah, everybody died. <laughs> like the dragons, Both like bears, what happened too is like the dragons got down on the ground. Right. They do. So like, yeah, but they didn't fly back up because there was so much going on. They were just like all fighting each other. So and like I stayed in the background because I, I play a uh, coward. No, I'm a Khajiit and I am very good with the bow and arrow. So just mm -hmm. let them have it with arrows, you know, while everybody was dying in the, <laughs> they were in the shit, you know. <laughs> so anyway I've only ever played the intro of that game <laughs> that, that's alright like right. probably a little bit past that yeah. but it's like you get to the point where yeah. the dragon comes down and right. that whole mm -hmm. you know beginning set piece I've never played much I play Oblivion all the time <clears throat> I've never beaten the main story I've never beaten the, either of those games I have finished both and they're good 
No. <laughs> You're a better person than us. Mm -hmm. That's true. Mm. In this regard, yeah. not in many other right. areas. Mm. So, Melanie, what have you been up to? Well, I, I actually read a couple of uh, Shane Black scripts earlier this week. I meant to read Lethal Weapon in preparation for this, and that's the only one that I didn't, that I sat mm -hmm. down and downloaded that I didn't read, but I did skim a couple parts of it. I don't know, he's an interesting writer. Been watching Christmas movies to get into the holiday spirit. Nice. If anyone has yet to see the He-Man Christmas special, really need to mark that down. Skeletor is really good in it. There's this scene where these little kids are outside in the cold without coats on. They're freezing in the snow, crying and dying. One of them's just not moving on the <laughs> ground. And they're like, please, we're so cold. And Skeletor is like, no. It cuts back to the kids and they're just crying. It cuts to his face and he says nothing. Just stares at them deadpan. And then it goes back to the kids and they're just still crying. <laughs> it's an amazing, it's really sweet. Yeah, that um, sounds good. I'm still playing Bard's Tale. I'm doing some Civ Six. I'm about to win in science. So well done. But yeah, not too, not too much on the docket. Okay. Well, sounds like we've all been killing it. <laughs> Do we want to get into uh, lethal <laughs> weapon? I think that we should address the dog in the room. Mm, sure. They are snoring so loud, mm -hmm. and I will try to edit it out. But this is just. Mm -hmm. This is the thing that's going to be happening. Lethal Weapon, directed by Richard Donner, 1987. If these two can learn to stand each other, the bad guys don't stand a chance. Veteran button-down LAPD detective Roger Murtaugh is partnered with unhinged cop Martin Riggs, who, distraught after his wife's death, has a death wish and takes unnecessary risks with criminals at every turn. The odd couple embark on their first homicide investigation as partners involving a young woman known to Murtaugh with ties to a drug and prostitution ring. Thoughts on the film? Oh, I like this movie. I think that it's flawed in certain aspects, but I really like the film. Richard Donner is one of those, like, he makes a lot of movies that I like, but I feel like all of them kind of shit the bed in certain parts. Mm -hmm. Like, I think Superman's his best film, and that movie's ending shits the bed so hard. Yeah, big third act issue in that film as well. Yeah, it's the Richard Donner touch. Uh, I will say that I am very mixed on this movie. There are things I like about it. I, I enjoy Riggs and Murtaugh's relationship and how it builds, and uh, I think both... Uh, Mel Gibson and Danny Glover are really good in the roles in this movie. Uh, I have some major issues, obviously, with the third act, as we've talked about off screen. And I, I think the action scenes are not my favorite. And I, I just find myself, I think it's, it's a little by the numbers at times for me. But I don't dislike this movie. I prefer the second one of the Lethal Weapon movies, but I don't dislike this movie. It's just, you know, How I'm kind of... How much are you preferring yeah. the second one? Joe Pesci's in the second so, one. Uh, quite a bit. I think one of my issues, too, is this, with this one is, uh, not that I have anything against, like, serious movies, but I I like... There's a, there is some comedy in this. I, I just find it takes itself a little too serious at times. Pesci adds a lot. But I do think he, he brings a lot to the table for the franchise and these characters, mm -hmm. so I do miss him a lot in this movie. But, again, I don't dislike this movie. It's just, I would not uh, say it's a favorite of mine. I'll put it that way. So, Melanie. I love this movie. There are parts that it's a little lean. The villains aren't really fleshed out as much as I wish they were. I do think there's something lacking with the action a little bit, especially the final fight scene. Every bit of casting in the film is so well done. And I can't picture anybody else in any of these roles. I don't think you could recast anybody. Well, let me tell you, they made a TV show. A newer TV show that came out? Yeah, it's already canceled. Oh, okay. <laughs> it didn't last long. Like, could be like two, three seasons. Okay, well, it's better than long. Something like that, I guess. Okay. Yeah. I feel like everything got rebooted for a TV at one point. Well, and then there was Lethal Weapon 5 and 6 from Always Sunny. 
we're gonna do things a little bit differently. Rather than us doing a play-by-play -play of the film that you've already seen, mm -hmm. Nolan, are you gonna take us away to Noni's Corner yeah. and do some notes? So I'm gonna I'm gonna go over my notes here. And, Every single uh, one of them? Yeah, I mean, I'm just gonna run through them. Oh, okay. I think it's gonna be fun, you know? If, if you hate it at any moment, oh. you can tell me to shove it, that's fine. You know, we're gonna do this thing. Are you guys ready? Okay. Jingle Bell Rock, obviously. Great start. Jingle Bell, jingle. okay. As we start the movie here, we have a beautiful baby in white, breast out, coked out. Just a lot of white. I think you need to specify it's an adult female. Yeah, not a baby. <laughs> okay. Did you write that? Yeah, baby in white. A beautiful baby. Stop saying that. You just use, like, saying beautiful baby followed by breasts is not... Kind of just weird. Yeah, continue. I'm sorry. She... She takes her, her life here. Uh, birth to birthday. The Big 50. Wait. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Did you say You birth? said birth tub. Yeah. Birth tub? I meant, you know, in my mind, I actually wrote that down. I wrote down. You wrote birth tub? Birth tub birthday. Obviously, oh, I like meant to say. Actively broken. tub birthday. But I wrote down birth tub birthday. Because in a way, it's a rebirth. That's true. For this character. Yeah. The Big 50 for Murtaugh. Murtaugh? How do you say his name? Murtaugh? Murtaugh. <laughs> Murtaugh? <laughs> we say it throughout the whole film. <laughs> Wait, Murtaugh? <laughs> Murtaugh. 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 You can say Murtaugh or Murtaugh. Murtaugh. Some people put more emphasis on the... No oh. G. Some with the G. Yeah. Murtaugh. Then they address it like Sergeant Murtaugh. I'm going to say Murtaugh. Family gathering for Murtaugh in the bathroom. He's naked in the tub. All the family comes in and wishes a happy birthday. It's kind of weird, but I like it. I find it really sweet. It's so it weird, sweet. and I could have never done that with it's my great. dad. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. Riggs living that trailer life. Uh, both Riggs and Murtaugh introduced in the nude, which I find very interesting. I like it. Just a couple boys just living their life. Uh, Riggs, Sigs, and Coors banquet life. We find out Tom Adkins is in this film, which I love. His daughter is the uh, lady who has committed suicide in the opening scene. What? what? Just say that sentence again. Tom Atkins. Uh-huh. His daughter mm -hmm. is the girl who commits suicide in the opening scene. That's not what you said. What did I say? You said Tom Atkins... Whose daughter I love, right? Isn't that what he said? No. I didn't say it that he way. He didn't say it that way. He said, Tom, we find out Tom Atkins is in this film, who I love. Who I love, yes. Yeah. I love Tom Atkins. Yeah, everyone loves Tom You got Tom a problem Atkins. with that? No, I... Okay, throw me. I'm throwing everyone right now, baby. <laughs> Can yeah. I just go? Yeah. Okay. Riggs. Crazy and enjoys Three Stooges humor, which I get, personally. My kind of guy. Riggs... Uh, on the verge of suicide, I've noticed here we have quite a bit of close-up shots throughout the film. Riggs, Murtaugh, <laughs> is his new partner. Or Murtaugh is Riggs' new partner. However you want to look at it. Anyway, Murtaugh's too old for this shit, okay? Riggs, I mark you as a lethal weapon, Murtaugh. Gary Busey, Busey plays Mr. Joshua. He's a terrifying man because you put fire on his arm for... Seconds at a time. He can stand it. Okay? Mr. Joshua loves fire. That's what I wrote. It's true. Tom Atkins. His name's Mike in the film. Riggs. Talking a guy out of suicide. He goes up there. Instead, hands handcuffs the guy to him. Takes the jump. Riggs. Crazy man. That's just what you wrote? Yeah. Am I wrong? Riggs. Saves Murtaugh's life. Murtaugh gets smacked in the ass by his wife. By snooping in the oven, smack that ass. Oh. Beers and boats, Riggs and Murtaugh. I gotta save a couple of these lines because they're my comedy gold moments. Riggs and Murtaugh, gun practice. Riggs shows off his skill quite impressively. Makes a smiley face out of some bullets. House explosion, Dixie's house. I was talking to you earlier, Stacy. I feel like in every lethal, I haven't seen Lethal Weapon 3, but in every one, some type of house gets destroyed. Well, it's mostly the Murtaugh's house. Like they... That's true. You can't stop 
a young kid from loving ice cream. Alfred helps out. Tom Adkins takes a few bullets while spilling the beans to Murtaugh and drinking eggnog. Riggs takes a drive-by shotgun blast. Luckily had his vest on. Murtaugh's daughter gets kidnapped. Shootout happens. Brienne, is that her name? Brienne. Brienne escapes, <clears throat> so we think. Riggs and Murtaugh, captured. Brienne gets recaptured. Riggs gets tortured. Electric shock therapy treatment. Murtaugh getting tortured. Wait, 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 wait. You just said Murtaugh. You know what would make everybody, like, everyone laugh here as long as the, as well as the audience? I wrote, every time I wrote his name, I wrote it differently. I don't know how to spell it or say it, okay? I'm sorry. <laughs> if only there was a tool that you could have looked up to check. I didn't have time for that shit. More talk. <laughs> Why can't you say more, this name? More talk getting tortured as well with salt in the wounds. Looking for information on heroin shipment. Riggs revenge. Nightclub shootout scene. Joshua takes that shootout to the street. Riggs blows up Joshua's car. Riggs versus Joshua gunfight on the highway. Murtaugh gets his revenge on General McAllister. Joshua gets away from Riggs. Riggs versus Joshua hand-to-hand -hand combat fight. Muddy boys like to have fun. Riggs wins. Rough slow-mo. Riggs and Murtaugh both shoot and take down Joshua. Riggs visits his wife's grave, tells her Merry Christmas, and he loves her. Riggs and Murtaugh spend Christmas together like they were meant to. I'll be home for Christmas. You satisfied? I feel pretty good about that rundown. I mean, I've seen the movie and I understand somewhat how your brain works, so... I can make some sense of it. Okay. Well, what are your overall thoughts on, like, the relationship between Riggs and Murtaugh in this film? I I like it. I think that they're one of the better duo, like, cop buddy duos, which they're, like, one of the first. I know, like, 48 Hours kind of set the template for this type of film. I haven't seen that movie. That's... What, like 82 83 and also you know you have like beverly hills cop which i think is 85 um kind of brings some comedy to the you mm -hmm. know buddy cop of course like the buddy there you know judge reinhold he doesn't really have that much to do it's more of an eddie murphy vehicle right yeah. there, there were some things because i think beverly hills cop opening is kind of similar to Riggs in the christmas tree thing mm -hmm. right like because eddie's right. like trying to scam some like druggy uh, drug dealers or something yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, found some similarities there. also think it's interesting, like, how much DNA all these action films from this time share, like, specifically cast. I was going to say, mo so many crossovers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, and, and Donner seems to use, like, the same actors in a lot of his films. That one uh, yeah. woman who plays the therapist in this film. Yeah. Um, I don't remember her name offhand, but she's in... Most of his films, um, she shows up in Die Hard, as does the uh, um, electroshock torturer. Mm -hmm. uh, he shows he's one of the terrorists in Die Hard, and then I, once you get to like Lethal Weapon two, that really opens up to where it's like all of these people are in the same action movies. Real quick, were you talking about the psychologist, psychologist Mary yeah. Ellen Trainer? Yeah, Mary that's her name. By the way. Yeah, she's in like all of these action films from this time. She's also in Scrooge, isn't she? Mm-hmm. Another Donner. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the their chief, he's in Scrooge as well. Yes. He's a camera tech. Okay. Okay. Do you enjoy their chemistry together in this? Yeah, I I think they work very well together. I think that the first hour of this film is my favorite bit of the film. That's just building on that relationship. I think the relationship's better in two. Well, because it's already established. So. Yeah, I, I just think two has some better bits. Them in the, the toilet, that whole thing is yeah. very sweet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, two's great. I like that. I, I, I like this movie a lot. I, I've seen this more than any of the other ones in the series. I didn't get around to watching the sequels until later because I just assumed they were going to be bad. Because I think I've seen two the most. I, I think the general consensus is two is the best. Yeah, I, I like this movie a lot. It's one I watched 
you know, quite a bit when I was younger. Yeah. And I, I know I've seen the director's cut. I don't really remember all that much about it. So I don't think there's really much of a difference okay. or anything that adds to the film in a significant mm -hmm. way, especially not in ways that it needs added. Mm -hmm. uh, I got to say, like, the the moment I really, that I think is the best moment between the two is the boat scene when after uh, Riggs comes over for dinner and they, Murtaugh's showing him the boat. And I, I really think they start connecting really well in that scene and like Riggs giving him trouble turning on the, the engine there. I just, I really like their chemistry there and I think it continues to build throughout the movie. And that's, I really like that about their relationship. I think my favorite scene with the two of them is right after the suicide jump. Get in here! He <laughs> swings the door and yeah. it's not on a hinge so it's just <laughs> yeah, like, it doesn't, close. it doesn't slam. <laughs> And he mm -hmm. challenges, like, Riggs to kill himself just to see if he really is crazy. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, they're both great. I think that Mel Gibson is best in this film versus the other films in the series. Like, he's still good in 2. And I think 2 does a better job of, like, setting a tone for the film. But I think that Mel Gibson as Riggs has more to do in number 1. Mm -hmm. And he shows more range. Like, the, the scene where... You know, he's contemplating killing himself. Mm -hmm. It's good. I get a tightness in my chest every time I watch it, because his acting is good. Mm -hmm. Like, however you feel mm -hmm. about the man himself, that's completely fair. But and in that scene, I think my favorite scene with the two of them also is after the suicide jump. But it's specifically whenever Murtaugh finally, it clicks like, oh, you're actually suicidal. You're depressed. That's what's wrong with you rigs in his face doing crazy eyes but then this moment where he just slowly powers down and he's like i'm gonna go get something to eat and there's like a switch and you can see it in his face it's so well done mm -hmm. their facial expressions both of them during that exchange top level acting it's really really good it's way better than a film like this should have because it's that. i mean it is so much more intense and the series just becomes it's comedies mm -hmm. after this which is completely fine. It's just the first hour is so intense. Yeah, I think this film does a lot to set like the template for what action films are going to become. Like, I, I think it's really like this film and Die Hard, which comes out the next year, mm -hmm. really inform the next 10 years of action films. And I think this film's like fairly successful with, you know, what it's trying to do. I love the opening of the film outside mm -hmm. of your... You know, Burbage. Which was great, by the way. Beautiful baby's breast. It's not great. The script, the opening in the script, it's pretty much identical, and it's... Yeah, it's evocative. Like, what, you're, you know, in this, like... Which, it, I think the music's kind of funny throughout the film. Like, I, how heavy the saxophone is. I love the sax beats. I love it's them. It's kind of silly to me. Yeah. But you get, like, the shots of L.A., and... You know, you, you open to a room mm -hmm. in a high-rise, a woman's there, half-dressed, mm -hmm. and then it just lingers. There's drugs. She goes outside and then jumps. Mm -hmm. And then you get the wonderful shot, you know, in the car of it, Sad you know, blowing down. out yeah. as she hits. And yeah. I, I think it's it's a great way to start a movie because... You know, you're starting the movie off with a murder or, you know, a death. Mm -hmm. And it, it just raises questions. And I think that's great. Uh -huh. It feels very old school pulpy. Old detective it, novels. That's what yeah. it feels like. Where it just starts off with a bang and you don't really know yeah. any of your characters. It definitely reminds me of... Uh, now, obviously, um, there are differences. But, like, the style of the way it's shot reminds me of... Shane Black's opening to Nice Guys oh, as well. Oh, it's very similar. So, which I think is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. He, can we talk about, like, some of the things that he, like, visits? Like, because there's, like, the obvious things, like Christmas mm -hmm. in L.A., crime in L.A., mm -hmm. you know, things like that. But and Partnerships, too. Yeah. Like, you guys coming together from different walks of life. Yeah, like. partnerships. Um and also, yeah, like you were saying, like, you know, nice guys opening, mm -hmm. you get a half-dressed girl who he, dies. He mm -hmm. loves a tasteful mm -hmm. boob out and a death 
of a pretty young thing. Say tasteful. Well, I mean, you only see one of her breasts initially, and I'm pretty sure in nice guys, it's one breast initially. So one boob's tasteful, two is too much. Like a side boob, that's tasteful. One breast, that's tasteful. Two out. I mean, I'm fine with all of it, obviously. My whatever. wording made it untasteful. Yeah, that's more what I meant. Mm -hmm. is you I'm made trying, it sleazy. I'm trying to yeah. walk that back because yeah. you made it feel icky. Yeah. And women's breasts shouldn't feel icky. Right. They're, they're beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> he also has like a... I feel like he visits themes in his films... Of like over masculinity or like it, at least examining it not you know condemning it or saying anything about it really but, but you know in this there's dialogue specifically the one guy talking to Murtag as he's sitting at the desk at work right he's talking men of about the 80s men of the 80s you know same year a uh, big year for mr black he got cast in predator just specifically so he could be a script doctor <laughs> and you you know you hear some of that dialogue in the helicopter which is hilarious and great and terrible and it, you shouldn't say that shit today, but it's definitely like overcompensating. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, I just watched Kiss Kiss Bang Bang a few, what, a week ago or something. And that also, which is weird because it's like a modern film, at least it feels like that to me. I know it's a little older, but yeah, and some of the dialogue, it's kind of weird, like the the gay jokes and the like overcompensating for masculinity, things like that. Another thing I find interesting in his films, there is a lot of light BDSM, like, dudes getting tortured. It's mainly, yeah, right. his, mainly with electricity. To, yeah, he loves to put his gorgeous mm -hmm. male protagonists, he likes them to be mm -hmm. as naked as possible, as often as possible, and then if he can also electrocute their balls, yeah. he's going yeah. to do that. Get roughed up a little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, that's in this. Um... I mean, it's not a male protagonist, but Long Kiss Goodnight, she's bound and tortured. <laughs> yeah. Um, Iron Man 3, I think he's, like, mm -hmm. almost tortured. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. How, how do you guys feel about the Shane Black kink? Healthy. I like it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, uh, how about we talk a little bit about Gary Busey here? I don't like Gary Busey. I <coughs> as Mr. Josh. You like him in Predator Two, with also Danny Glover. Yeah, I like Predator Two. Share DNA. More and more, I think people are liking Predator Two. I think there's a little bit more love for that film than there used to be, which I think is a good thing. But no, Gary Busey. I don't think Joshua, Mr. Joshua, is an interesting villain. I think he could <laughs> yeah. have been, but I don't think it's very good. I when we talk about these movies, I only remember. The actual bad guy in Lethal Weapon 1 because it's Gary Busey. Mm -hmm. The other films, I only remember, like, the schemes. Mm -hmm. Oh, I mean, 4, you know, Jet Li, he's super famous. So, like, I do remember sure. Jet Li in 4. But, you know, number 1, it's the, the Vietnam vets with the heroin scheme. Mm -hmm. 2, it's South African um, gold smugglers. Notice this, this, or the last rewatch, the, on the Murtaugh's refrigerator, they mm -hmm. have that. South Africa apartheid, like they've got that yeah. Yeah. kind of like kind a bumper sticker. Yeah, it leads into the sequel. It's mm -hmm. interesting. Mm -hmm. And then three is the it's a real estate scheme, mm -hmm. from what I remember. And then four is like triads. Yeah, it's like Jet Li. Yeah. Like there's a war between like the yeah. triads, right? That's right. Mm -hmm. And they get caught up in between. Yes. Mm -hmm. I I find the bad guys in this series completely unremarkable. Hardly ever do I finish a movie and think that I needed 20 more minutes. This needs at least a solid 10. There's a part missing as you're going into we needed, the third act. We needed something like the Mr. Joshua character is not flushed out at all. So, and also like... Him having the fire on his Right. That's like flesh. the biggest thing we see about him. And like... It's not enough. We don't ever see him also like... He's supposed to be the special forces. Right. We never see him in action other than, I guess, killing Mike Atkins' character through the window. But like... Tom Atkins? Mike. <laughs> Tom. You were, no, because his character the name is Mike. Mike. <coughs> we, we never see him be like menacing. He's not threatening. He's not, yeah. He's it, not it's a... weird to me that there are like, it feels like there's scenes essential to telling the story in the film that aren't in the movie. You you have the stuff with like um, Alfred explaining what happened to Dixie. Why isn't there like 
a 30 second scene of Gary Busey in the outfit planting the bomb. I guess here's my biggest thing. After they kill Mr. Mike uh, Tom Atkins, there yeah, there's, there's a, a jump. jump. So it cuts the next scene is Riggs looking mm. for uh people that know Dixie on the street, but it seems like it's a setup because you know, Murtaugh is kind of like watching from the side. So it's like they almost know this is going to happen. Mm -hmm. And he's wearing body armor. Well, he, they get him in a drive-by shooting. And it's like, oh, Riggs is down. You know, we're going to go kidnap, you know, Murtaugh's daughter. How the fuck do they know who they are? Like, where is it established ever? Like, how do they know who the cops are? What are their sources? I feel like most movies like this, they would over-explain that stuff. And it would be, it would be tedious. Much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But in this film, it truly feels like 10 to 15 minutes too short. Mm -hmm. Like, I needed more of the bad guys to, like, to care about their part of the plot. It, it yeah. seems like the third act seems kind of tacked on. All right, we got these guys together. This is the case. We got to end this. Mm -hmm. You know, movies are only supposed to be two hours. Come on, let's, let's get it going. The quote-unquote head bad guy. I have already forgot his name. The General, General McAllister. McAllister. Yeah. Of Shadow Company. He is, I mean, he's also very minor as well. Like No, like, that's the thing. There's just no yeah. presence there. Yep. Yeah. There's, it's, it's really it's nothing. Very, very strange. You don't see him enough. Mm -hmm. You don't see any of the villains enough. That That's something the two improves on, but I don't think that the villains are impressive. But two, at least you know who the bad guys are and what they're doing throughout the run of the film. And all of that aside, because again, mm -hmm. we're talking about this, it's small potatoes for me because mm -hmm. I love this movie so much. And for me, it's the Murtaugh family and it's their relationship. Mm -hmm. It's it's Riggs and... Well, I, yeah, so, I like all the vignettes, like the, the suicide jump. Mm -hmm. I like, I like, you know, him. Riggs's intro as a cop, like mm -hmm. the, the drug bust. Yep. Mm. No, I like all of and everything that they carry you through in that first hour is so good. So I can forgive any little grubs mm. that I have about it. It's not a big deal to me. Yeah, but, it just kind of sticks out as the, like a sore thumb, but it's a movie I like a lot. That I really can't look past because every time I've watched this movie, that final showdown, the fight between Riggs and Joshua is so weird. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's just weird. Yep. Well, it's not shot well, and it almost feels like it's kind of hearkening back to the films that it's kind of moving past. Like, this is like a sequence that would be in a film that Stallone starred in. Yeah. It's... It's jarring how weird it is. Yeah. To me. It definitely has, like, a couple movies we've talked about on here before. A bit of a com Commando slash Cobra feel. There should uh -huh. be a count for how <laughs> how many times you bring up Commando. Because I'm pretty sure last episode you brought it up. Yeah. Uh, the only difference is, uh, you know... You Commando's fight scene is much better, and I and I'm really into what's going on sexually between them. Mm -hmm. Here, like my 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 biggest thing is like you are right. It's it's shot to shit, and I really don't know. There's there's no flow to the editing or of of how they're shooting it to me. Mm -hmm. Like it's just a jumbled, up close mess. Let's just go ahead and talk about the problems of the third act. Yeah, let's get it all out. So. You have this massive jump. Now, I know that you said you didn't like the action scenes. I like the the setup, at least, for the desert, like that meeting. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's good staging. I like everything with the helicopter. I think the helicopter's cool. I think that that stuff looks really impressive on screen and super dangerous. Like when the helicopter, after they kill uh, Michael Tom Atkins, they, the helicopter flies so close to the house it's like, man, that that's fucking, that's that crazy. They, that they did that, yeah. yeah, and like it flies so low to the ground, like during the desert chase, like that stuff's awesome. Like I like that plan, but then it like jumps to the the torture stuff, and I feel like tonally the torture stuff is weird. It is weird, but I don't mind it. I don't like that Murtaugh's daughter oh. gets popped out in. Like okay. lingerie. Hang on, no, that's different. <laughs> like she's in a so slip. They still Renee. Whenever she pops out, or Rianne. 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 Yeah, she pops out of the car. A schoolgirl outfit. Yeah, and like she's got like a collared shirt with maybe a jacket. She's fully clothed. When they get to that warehouse, they bring her out. She is in a slip mm -hmm. with no bra. That's true. It is upsetting. Mm -hmm. But also, it's like 
I don't know. It kind of hits where it's just like, oh, bad. It makes me feel gross. Yeah. I feel gross about like the, the rigs getting tortured. You know, the weird sexy stuff going on there. Yeah, but I do like him choking that guy out. Well, yeah, his, that's cool. Him killing thighs. the dude. Yeah. I was just like, let him have it more. Let's go. You wanted rigs to, Bring you're him. like, take it all yeah. off and just Bring go for out. it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You'll be happy to know in the script, he was fully nude in a bathtub for the torture scene. Well, that's what Shane wrote. I feel like that's good. Donner should have listened to Shane. <laughs> that's a mistake. So, this action scene, like where Riggs escapes and like Murtaugh escapes, and they have like these lines that make it seem like it's part of the plane because they keep saying this thing like thin, you mm -hmm. know, thin, anorexic. Yeah. Like as if it's a thin lead, but let's go with it. Yeah. Like, it seemed like getting captured was part of the plan to get her free, which is a really bad plan, because, like, she's obviously, at best, she got molested. I don't like that. Yeah, no, it's upsetting. Mm -hmm. So, then they, like, have their chase out on the street. Murtaugh's like, I gotta kill this guy, even though, you know, protect and serve. Which, there is a funny line earlier in the film, which is pretty smart where they're interviewing the kids and the kids are like, my mom says you shoot black people. No, that line is super upsetting. <laughs> yeah, because it's, like, it's like, oh yeah, this is, yeah, LA in the late 80s. Mm -hmm. yep. 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 And the fact that it's still relevant mm -hmm. in yeah. 2020, yeah, super upsetting. Great, guys. Not yeah. to bring it down for Christmas, yep. but just reality. Yeah. But getting back to Street Chase, so you have them like trying to kill everybody. And then I feel like the stuff with Mr. Joshua just gets extended too much. Like, why not in the movie there at the warehouse? Like, why not? If you're going to do that fight, why not do it there? It would look cooler. I it's feel a cooler like... set piece. <laughs> no, I agree. I'm fine with having a fight out in the rain. If you want to do a mud wrestling fight, that's totally fine with me. I don't know why we have to do it in the front yard surrounded by policemen <laughs> with just, like, these thuds. That's another thing. The logic of this doesn't make sense to me because... Mr. Joshua comes up to Murtaugh's house, kills two police officers who are there. He gets in the house and he sees a Christmas card on the tree that's like, basically, hey, fuck you, bad guys. Mm -hmm. So that means that Riggs and Murtaugh got there before Mr. Joshua. They knew about those two cops out there. They let them die. They let those two cops die mm -hmm. as part of their plan to, like, capture... Him for this weird kung fu fight in the rain. Sometimes you gotta lose some good people. They drive a car through his living room just to, like, capture the guy. Well, it's, like, to scare him. It's, like, overkill. Yeah, it doesn't... The car... I like the way it looks. Christmas tree, I like all of the red lights and him lurking around in the dark. On board, it doesn't make sense. And they definitely did just let those cops die. Yeah. And then to justify the fight, they're like... This guy killed two cops? Eh, I mean, he did, but you, you let it happen. Yeah, so this is a part I did read in the script, and I I read a thing that Shane Black said that he, this was like the one thing that Richard Donner changed from his script majorly, because most of it is pretty much, it's word for word, beat for beat. It has the flow you are immediately sucked in and you can see the movie. But this scene, he was like, yeah, he really changed it. I read it. It doesn't seem that much has changed. It sounds like it was a more, um, cause you're dealing with two special, special forces guys. So this should be like a really intimidating thing, but it's like so eighties in a bad way. Most of the time I love anything that's has that feeling, but this is just, it feels really weird and dated and wacky. Mm -hmm. Basically Mr. Joshua beats the shit out of Riggs. He like breaks his collarbone. He breaks his ribs. He breaks one of his arms. The way he writes you're hearing these cracks and like his ribs are splintering and then at the end he takes Joshua down. The cops, the rest of the cops that come up with Murtaugh, they're not there until the end of it. In the movie they're there the whole time. That's the only thing that changes and to me it's like that's not enough to really work out the logic. It's still weird. It's just a weird mm -hmm. scene. Should have been a warehouse fight. Yeah. It should have been more like John McClane versus Carl. Yeah, exactly. Like that type of fight. That's what you'd want to go for. Yeah. The last thing I'll say about the action is, other than that last fight scene, like I don't mind the action throughout the movie. I just find it a bit bland, I guess. In defense of the film, not to like say you're wrong or anything like that, 
if you go by what came before it, like this it's is kind of doing first. a different thing. Sure. Like this isn't trying to be an Arnold or you know Stallone film. This is trying to be more like, like what would happen if we did Dirty Harry in a slightly different way. Right, but I I would still say I prefer the action scenes of Dirty Harry. This is just my take. Mm-hmm. I just found it, I found them a bit boring. But I understand what you're saying. It is absolutely. weird because this film is informing kind of what we go forward in action right. a little bit. Sure. And then also, I think this movie has the first like. What gun punch that I can remember, like in a film? Because Riggs at the end of the film, like two different dudes, he takes a gun. They do this in the John Wick films all the time, where towards like somebody's torso, like if he's got the gun on him, he like punches and shoots. I know we just shot on the film for like 10 minutes, but I really like this movie. And it, it's a movie, you know, watch like basically every Christmas time. I mean, I watch this movie probably twice a year. Somehow, I always end up watching it two times a year. So. This is the first time I've watched it probably in, I don't know, I'd say over five years at mm-hmm. least. And, uh, you know, I don't mind it. Again, not my favorite, but I, I also, like, I, I enjoy myself. What was your comedy gold moment? I've got a line written down that I think is my favorite. This is from uh, Murtaugh, and he says... Thin's my middle name. And Rig says, with your wife's cooking, I'm not surprised. Got me good. <laughs> Mine's pretty close to that. And then <laughs> and then my favorite, just my favorite comedic moment in the film, after the whole thing where Riggs basically like quote unquote saves the guy from committing suicide. Mm-hmm. After all that happens, and then Riggs basically is proving to Murtaugh that he's about to kill himself after all that happens. <laughs> they go out, and Riggs just gets fast food. <laughs> and, like, everything's fine. <laughs> and he's, like, he goes... He's, like, super chatty in the car. Yeah. Riggs enjoying a nice fast food meal after contemplating suicide. You want a french fry? Riggs says to Murtaugh. I Love like it. how talkative. He's, like, I didn't know it was your birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday for yesterday. I really need it. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was, that was some classic rigs right there. I really like all of that exchange. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Yeah. Mine, I'll just say really quickly. So it's after all of this. Mm-hmm. Riggs is kind of challenging. Well, they're both challenging each other. Mm-hmm. And then he realizes like, oh, he's really suicidal. Riggs goes to Murtaugh's house for dinner. Awful food. <laughs> Didn't and like the pot roast. They do the whole boat scene, all of that stuff. And it's like you're building mm-hmm. the relationship with yep. these two guys. But I love whenever Riggs is going out to his truck and they're both standing mm-hmm. there talking. They kind of in the conversation, Riggs starts to get in his truck and Murtaugh is like, did you really like my wife's cooking? I just love mm-hmm. how long it hangs yep. on Riggs's face. Yep. And he's just like, no. No. And he gets mm-hmm. in the car, I'll see you tomorrow. That's right. And it also, like, it's a good moment, too, because Murtaugh's like, all right. He's, he's this, like, that's This guy's fair. good. Stacy. The best line of the movie is I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> well, that was easy. Yeah. I mean, it's the one that people remember. It's in all the movies. Yeah, it, it's a funny line. As far as, like, funniest scene, I mean, the whole suicide scene, like, suicide jumper, like, that stuff's really good. Mm-hmm. It's smart. It's so smart. It's a good mm-hmm. sequence. You take me with you. Mm-hmm. That would make you a murderer. <laughs> I also, I really enjoy the drug bust at the beginning. Like, him the just... Trees? Yeah, him yeah. counting out, like, $100 and... Mm-hmm. I love then him being like, hey. I'm trying to count. Like, yeah, that's really funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. that... Hey, fuck you, buddy. What was your high and low? High point for me is Riggs as a character, his acting, and him contemplating suicide in the bungalow. I think that's the best sequence in the film as far as like acting and emotion. As far as the action stuff, I like the desert sequence. I think that... The staging, even if the logic is kind of flimsy, I like the the set piece. As far as low point, most of the third act. That's fair. Weird BDSM, Murtaugh's daughter being the... Yeah. Okay, now I'm going to contradict myself a little bit, but I tend to do that from time to time. I know I ripped on the action, but an action scene I do quite enjoy in this movie. And it's not very long, but it's a quick like a nightclub shootout they're going and I, I think the staging is very well done in that little scene 
and it ends in like a street shootout with uh, Mr. Joshua. So I enjoyed that little scene. Definitely like, as you guys talked about a little bit, how it would influence other action movies. I mean, you can see like the John Wick influence from that scene. And then the low point of the film, I think, is... Obviously, we talked about the end, but in particular, I'm going to go with the uh, the slow motion death of Mr. Joshua. Oddly enough, which I almost said this when we were watching it. Okay, because it worked we're... for you. No, 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 okay. no, no. It didn't. It didn't work. Okay. Here's the thing. There's a second. There's a couple of frames where it does work. At this point, we have Murtaugh's holding Riggs, and Riggs for half the movie Mel Gibson doesn't have a shirt on. Honestly, there are times where I lose track when it falls off. Whenever they both turn and they pull out their guns, I kind of like that slow motion, mm -hmm. but I don't like Joshua falling. Like, I don't like yeah. whenever it flips to Joshua's who, scene. Who did it better? Die Hard or Lethal Weapon? Die Hard. I'll agree with her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But no, I, I do agree with you on that. I just... <laughs> it had you for a second, though. It, yeah, like, because yeah. every time I'm like, this slow motion isn't bad. And I'm like, yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. Stupid. All right. What about you, Molly? Okay. So my high point, I'm just going to go a little bit more abstract. Buddy cops. Mm -hmm. Love a buddy cop film. Mm -hmm. well, and not even necessarily cops, but just figuring out a case, just trying to bust it wide open. I'm fully there. I would say low point, mud wrestling. <laughs> Yeah, I think fair. this is the worst. I think it mm -hmm. took it back probably 15 years. Mm -hmm. Old school brought it back up. Yeah. <laughs> Man, once you get to that, and I think him in the house creeping around lurking mm -hmm. is pretty cool, even though the implications of it are troublesome. Yeah. Not wrestling. That's it for me. Do you guys have favorite duos in the films? Like, stuff like this, pairings together? I mostly went with other cop or procedural yeah, yeah, yeah. movies. That's, yeah, that's okay. So the first one, I've got three I'm going to mention. No the first one I want to mention is Norman Jewison's In the Heat of the Night, which I just saw for the first time this year, which I really liked a lot. But Sidney Poitier and Rob Steiger, yeah. I l loved them in that movie. So good. Like, it's a movie that I wish, you know, you see things and you're like, man, why did, I wish I wouldn't have waited so long to see that. But like, mm -hmm. it really impressed me. I love that movie. My second choice, I'm going to go with Bad Boys 2. This is one of my picks. Nice. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the Will Smith-Martin Lawrence combo. Mm -hmm. Love it. And then my last pick, uh, I'm going to go for procedural style here with Zodiac and the Mark Ruffalo-Robert Downey, Downey. Yeah. Uh, combo. I really enjoy them a lot in that movie. Sam and Frodo. <laughs> Hot <Yeah>. and Chewy. <laughs> That's good. What are their names in Double Team? Because you know, that... if you give me a second, I can. Uh, no, I can I'm surprised you didn't say Rush Hour. No kidding. Well, you know, it's now that you mention, of course. See, obviously. I was gonna do Bad Boys because I figured you would pick Rush Hour. Man, real quick, by the way, that Jack Quinn Yaz uh, team up of Jean Claude Van Damme and Dennis Rodman and Double Team. Hell yeah! I like the team up of Michael Corleone and Tom Hagen. Who are you? I like the team up of Father Marion and uh, Father Karras. I feel like you're ripping. I'm not ripping. Well, I'm very. I am sorry about the bad boys to steal. No, I, no, no. I feel I'm not, like the I thing assumed. is, is you're right though. You know, I should have chosen that, knowing me as I do. It should have been the Rush Hour, Jackie Chan, Chris Tucker team up. I've seen all three Rush Hours more than any human probably should, <laughs> and I enjoy myself every time. Good time for you. <laughs> the Mary fuck killing this just isn't that interesting because you ha I I tried to think of several combos that I could do but ultimately it's like I'm just going with our three leads kind mm -hmm. of so we have Riggs, Murtaugh, and Mr. Joshua mm -hmm. and I feel like the choices are very obvious but that's what your choices are so Mary Fuck Hill, Riggs, Murtaugh, yeah. Mr. Joshua. So for me, this is this is an obvious one for me. Mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes, a lot of times, I'm a wild card on this one. Mm -hmm. But I think I'm going to go play it pretty straight here. Uh, so, I'm going to kill Mr. Joshua. Yeah. He's the worst. I mean, he has no qualities other than he can take fire being put on his arm for a nice amount of seconds, let's be honest. 
I'm going to F Murtaugh. You know, you know, he's a grumpy man, but you know what? He's got a nice heart. Very bonding, mm-hmm. beautiful yeah. moment between these two. Yeah, people. and I'm marrying Riggs. I mean, obviously, he's a beautiful man, and I I like I, I like want I want to be a fixer. You know, mm-hmm. I, I want to help and I want to fix Riggs. You can change it. Yeah, and uh, once I do, I think it's just going to be a beautiful relationship together. I want to marry Murtog. He's got his shit figured out. It seemed like he had a nice family life. I'm sure he could provide that for me. I want to fuck Riggs. Mm-hmm. That bungalow life. Yeah. And I'm going to kill Mr. Joshua because mm-hmm. why wouldn't you? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm killing Mr. Joshua. That's 100% done. And here's the thing. I I want to say that I would marry Murtaugh because I do think, like, ultimate family man. He just loves his kids. He loves his wife. Beautiful house. Wants to provide for the family. Great guy. Doesn't tell his wife she's a bad cook, just eats the food, deals mm-hmm. with it internally, or bitches about it to his partner. Right. Love that. But, honestly, I, I'm i going to marry Riggs because he has a dog. Mm. And Well done. I mean, I, I think it's going to be good. But, yeah, so, uh, marry mm-hmm. Riggs, mm-hmm. fuck Murtaugh, kill Joshua. Mm-hmm. Well done. That's everything. Almost. Almost everything. Because we have a special. It's that time of year. It's December. It's Christmas time. For any of our long-term listeners, you'll remember last year at this time we had a special reading for everyone. And we feel like it should be tradition. To clarify, Mm -hmm. this is a tradition. Right. We're bringing our tradition to the show's tradition. So typically, we will have a big friend's Christmas. And Nolan will... Chris in the room with a new story every year about passion, love, acceptance, all of these things. And uh, this year we won't get to do that for obvious reasons, just the state of the world. But he's still going to bring a little bit of cheer to everyone right mm-hmm. now. So the uh, the story that I'm going to be reading to everyone today comes from a book called Devil in a Kilt, authored by Sue Ellen Wellfonder. This is just a, a little section that is a bit steamy, and I hope uh, really just makes everyone's holidays a, a bit more um, touching. A lot of warmth. I think you should start... His manhood throbbed. Okay. That's where you should start. Okay. His manhood throbbed, jerking at the very thought his heart melted. Ne'er had he been the first with any woman, not with Cassandra, and certainly not with the paid bods he'd used to assuage his needs in recent years. Truth to tell, he doubted virgins existed, had not accepted his new bride to be one, hadn't even cared. Yet now, as they lay joined together still, guilt as his clumsiness roiled through him, twisting his gut even as an incredible feeling of joy coursed through his veins, a feeling so powerful he wanted to race to the battlements and cry out in triumph. Shout his gladness for for all to hear. For as surely as her virtue pleased him, the willingness she displayed in the moments before he'd plunged into her meant more, much more. Her welcoming, welcoming acceptance filled him with such happiness he felt as if some great hand had ripped aside a dark veil, allowing light to stream into the dark void he carried within, his entire weight resting on his elbows. Duncan feasted his eyes on her. She lay as if cut from marble, her beautiful eyes staring up at him, her full lips slightly parted, her cheeks still pale and damp from her tears. The wan light seeping through the shutters cast a lustrous glow to her smooth skin, and the dying fire reflecting in the tangled mass of hair spread across the pillows, turning the tresses the color of dancing flames. A dusting of freckles stood out against the creaminess of her skin. And he ached to kiss each and every one of them. He'd start with the ones sprinkled like stardust across the bridge of her nose, and end with the ones adorning the swell of her wonderfully full breasts. Duncan drew a deep, steadying breath, totally odd. Ne'er had he seen more beautiful sight. Ne'er had he desired a woman more. And ne'er would he have believed he'd come so close to loving again. On my life, lady, 
I wouldn't have used you so roughly had I known, he breathed, lowering his lips to warm the skin of her neck. But I, I thank you. "'Tis I whom grateful,' his wife said, her voice so soft and low, Duncan doubted he'd hear her correctly. Taking his full weight onto his arms, he pushed himself up, easing his manhood completely out of her. "'What did you say?' Rather than answer him, Lynette used the tip of her tongue to wet her lips. She gave him a shaky smile, then sighed and pressed her hand against his cheek. "'Twas not, I shall repeat.' But I will ask you why you pulled away. Her words were barely audible above the din of the storm outside. Tis a wondrous feeling, this. And I would... That it does not cease. She smiled again brighter this time. I told you I would not shatter. Deep inside Duncan, something swelled and did shatter. Another great portion of the wall around his heart. You would that we go on? Her gaze steady on his, she nodded, then moved against him, the feel of her damp, intimate curls brushing against his shaft, nearly drove him past the bounds of restraint. I must warn you, it will not stop hurting, he managed, <laughs> his voice raw, not this time. I do not care, she said, the breathy sweetness of her voice undermining his control. Let us continue so we can bring this time to completion. Then do it again, she added, taking him by surprise. For I should indeed like to experience this, this joining without the pain. Duncan's passion surged anew, his shaft swelling and lengthening as he slowly eased himself back inside her. She tensed, her fingers clutching his shoulders, her soft moans urging him on. But still he held back, not yet ready to guide her into the age-old rhythm her untried hips instinctively sought to find. Relax, he coaxed, his hand sliding over her breast, gently kneading her fullness as he spoke. Let your knees fall further apart, and give yourself up to what you're feeling. I'll try not to hurt you. Lynette did as he said opening her thighs wider to accommodate him, trying desperately to relax, as he said she should, to will the tenseness from her limbs. She wanted to, for the sensations spreading through her were almost too exquisite to bear, but doing so wasn't easy. It did hurt, much more than she'd expected, yet the searing discomfort was of scarce import compared to the way he made her feel and the exultion flooding through her since she glimpsed the truth of his desire for her. Indeed, twas writ all over her face, and in the tender way he moved within her. Good lass, she heard him say, his voice somehow distant, blurred by the haze of passion swirling around her. Open yourself a wee bit more, he urged, using his hands to gently ease her thighs further apart. Didn't worry, I'll withdraw immediately if what you ask. That I shall not do, she said, smoothing her hands over the broadness of his shoulders, glorying in the feel of his hard muscles working beneath her fingers. Faith, how could he think she'd want him to stop? She couldn't bear it if he did. Not now. Just when she was revealing to his acceptance of her as a woman. And with that, from all of us here at Cinnamon Parlor, we would like to wish you all a happy holidays. Merry Christmas. You can also find us at Cinema Parlor on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and, and probably anywhere where you get your podcast, for that matter. Happy Hanukkah. You can also find us on Twitter at Cinema Parlor and on Instagram. We don't do a lot there, but we'll try to get better at that. Have a and great Kwanzaa. Melanie, thank you for editing the show. Where can people find you? At Plastic Werewolf on all social media. Stacy, happy holidays. Where can people find you if they want to follow you at something? SClover84 at Letterboxd? Yeah. Wow. Someone is really torn and tired over there. You can find me at Chuck Madden Jr. on Letterboxd. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Happy holidays. And... Uh, We'll see you in 
2021, where hopefully things uh, will be better. A little bit better. Happy New Year to you. All of you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Rich! Go! After all we've been through, if you think I'm going to eat the world's lousiest Christmas turkey by myself, you're crazy. I'll tell you a little secret. What? I'm not crazy. I know. Oh, good. Let's eat. Hey, you know something? Well, I, I think your daughter kind of likes me. If you touch it, I'll kill you. <laughs> You'll try it. Hey, you mind if I bring a friend? Come on, you bring a friend. Hey. I don't think Burbank the cat's gonna like this. I'll put five on the mutt. Small.